0: All right. Um, so today, we uh, you probably thought that we were going to be punching on to our series, a guide to knowing God, which is a great series. And uh, but we're just going to go off script a little today. Uh, and we the the message was that was going to be today. We will get to, uh, which is a message which is called God's empowering presence it's about the the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit is so, so, so key for us in terms of uh, getting, knowing God and journeying with God. Uh, so uh, we're just going to take a little piece of that today and do something a little bit different today. And uh, I'm not quite sure how it's all going to go, but um, you guys will be all right with that, eh? We're pretty relaxed here, just sort of going with the flow a little. So, but I want to talk just briefly about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us and through us, um, Especially when we gather as a church, and then we're going to create some room for God to speak to us, okay? And we'll see how that all goes. So, so in the Bible, there's a couple of letters that Paul the apostle wrote to the church in Corinth. They're called First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. He actually wrote four letters to the church in Corinth, but they lost two of them. So we've got two of them, and uh, in those two letters, he was talking to the church there. The church in Corinth were amazing. They were a bunch of uh, new Christians that just loved the miraculous. They loved the work and activity of the Holy Spirit amongst them. They loved seeing God's power come and miraculous things happen. They loved the prophetic. They loved hearing from God. They loved all of that. They just um, were a bit not quite so good on just loving each other So with the whole thing. so. Uh, Paul, the apostle, he's wrote this letter to them, just giving them some guidance, just like, guys, stoked that you're loving and seeing all of the the miraculous and and what God's doing amongst you. Let me just give you a few guidelines around how we can do that in a way that we actually love each other as well. So he wrote to them, give them some guidelines around the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he said... He said, now this is in context of, of a number of other things, but it's, he was just such an expectation about the Spirit of God at work amongst us. First Corinthians 12, verse 7 through to 11 says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of the one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines he's just talking to like this is just normal this is just what happens it's like it's uh, It's what happens when we gather together as a church. And this is Paul talking that when you're gathered as a church, God's going to empower people, speak to people, lead people, so the church is strengthened and encouraged. So what I want to do this morning, very, very uh, rapid fire, is to talk about this whole thing of of prophecy or revelation, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, that, that revelation that comes from God. It's going to be kind of a bit teachy, and it's going to be really fast because I want to make space for us to be able to hear from God and, uh, and, and see where that goes um, and still get uh, enough time so that we can um, get home for lunch. So it sounded right? All right. So, God, I just welcome your spirit here. We know that you're here. We know that you're touching lives. We're so grateful for what you do for us and, and in us and through us. And we do pray that uh, you'd open our hearts and, and land things in our hearts today that is, that is good for us to, to know and to, to, to remember, to be, to be considering. I pray also, God, that your gifts of revelation would, would flow amongst us uh, today, God, that, that your church would be blessed and encouraged. Amen. Okay, so seriously, like if you're gonna take notes on any of this thing, like warm your pen up, get your thumbs going, eh? Because like we're gonna go super fast. There's not gonna be a lot of, like usually when I teach about this stuff, I, I tell lots of stories because um, uh, I've got lots of good stories. So. Um, but we're just gonna go, okay, you ready? Deep breath. Okay, let's go. Okay, so what is prophecy? Okay, here's, just, here's the matte definition of prophecy. It's revelation of God, from God, that is shared, okay? I know some people think like, oh, but what has the difference between the word of knowledge? We've we read about it. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, uh, interpretation of time. Like, let's just, the, the Bible uses the word prophecy to talk about all of those things. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of instruction. Uh, so let's not get too hung up on the, the words. Let's just lump it all together. As just, it's just revelation from God, but that's, that's shared, that comes to one of us and is shared. Okay, so Old Testament prophecy. Back in, when we read, we look at the, uh, before the time of Jesus, the, the scriptures they had there. And uh, we, we see instructions about prophets back in then. They had to be like 100% accurate or they were taken out the back. And so it was like a pretty big deal if you wanted to put your hand up and say like, okay, this is, th- thus saith the Lord. Uh, and um, talks about that Deuteronomy 18, Ezekiel 13, Jeremiah 23, and the prophecies were mainly warnings, promises, instruction, and there are only a few prophets that God raised up to be a voice for the people. And the way that the our Bibles organized the uh, in the Old Testament, the time, the scriptures before the time of Jesus, they've put all of these. Uh, the prophets are all kind of at the back end of that. They're all together there. All of these prophetic voices that uh, that have been recorded there. So after Jesus's resurrection, his death and resurrection, uh, on the day of Pentecost, and Jesus told his followers, wait, and the Holy Spirit will be will be given. And at the day of Pentecost, they were there. They were praying and. Stuff happened. There was things that looked like tongues of fire that came on the followers. There was a sound like a rushing wind, and there and uh, relatively uneducated people suddenly started talking in other languages that was that they hadn't learned. And and people were looking at them and going, like, "What is going on?" We could obviously hear it. People were going like, "What are you? How's this happening? You guys drunk?" That's what it says. They thought they were drunk. And and uh, Peter gets up there. And uh, Peter, the, the apostle Peter, gets up and explains to people that could see what was happening and, uh, and say, look, here's the deal. We're not drunk. This is, this is what Joel, one of the prophets of the Old Testament, talked about, Joel two twenty eight, 28, and, and we read it in Acts 2. It says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy... Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. The spirit is poured out. The spirit is poured out. And I'm just wondering when the cutoff is between young men seeing visions and old men seeing dreaming dreams. Like, last night I had a dream that I was playing keyboards in for you 2 Like, <laughs> seriously. It's like, and as I was finished, I just walked off and me and the edge were just like... It actually happened. It was great. The night before, I had a dream. I was in Paris surfing. Paris is about 200 kilometers from the from the ocean. So, um, I don't false false uh, prophet. So, um, so now we're in this age of the Spirit. Uh, so, revelation from God is available. The Spirit was poured out on all people, and revelation is available to all Christians because of the Spirit of God which is given to us, which dwells within us. It's available for all of us. But interesting, it's a different season. If you want to put your hand up and say, I feel like God's speaking to me, something for someone, it's not, there's a different expectation in the season of, you know, that it has to be 100% accurate. Paul, again, talking to the church in Corinth, he says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect... Disappears, and we see an example of this in in the book of Acts, the the book that tells us about the story of the early church. There's someone called Agabus there now, and they talk about Agabus as a prophet. Well, how do they get a title prophet? It probably, is just someone that's learnt to tune in to hear the voice of God so um, well that most of the time when he is sharing things, uh, people go, "That's that's amazing. You're, you're really hearing from God here." And um, but even someone that in our scriptures, has got the title, they call him a prophet, Agabus the prophet, he still didn't get it 100% right. There's one time in, um, where is it, in the book of Acts, and, uh, where did Agabus go? Acts 21. And he prophesied that Paul the apostle would be bound by the Jews and arrested. And Paul, did get arrested, but he was bound by the Romans, not by the Jews. It says it there. It says he's going to be bound by the Jews, but it wasn't. It, you know, it says he's bound by the Romans. So pretty good. He knew that he was going to be bound. Probably wasn't the greatest word he wanted to hear, but uh, but it happened. But not 100% accurate. So what this means for us is that we have this permission to make make mistakes to to as we grow in exercising this gift of prophecy amongst us. And you know, we so we should all be trying to to hear from God for the benefit of other people, seeking to hear God's voice, knowing that some of it will be will be God giving us something, and and it might be a little bit of a mix there, and but we can grow in that. We can grow in that as we step out in that. We we grow in that. We learn and discover. You know when. Uh, and we get feedback. We can discover when it's when God's speaking to us, and uh, and when it's might be a little bit more of us just thinking like, ah, oh, I might have just made that up. I've done that once. I did well. I've done it probably. I did it once. It was a very embarrassing thing. And I felt like I was in a situation where I had to. I wasn't going to tell stories. So I was in this situation where um, I had was at a uh, praying for someone, and I just I just got like a, no kind of sense of anything to pray for this guy, and I felt like such pressure to, like, get something for them. I made something up, so. But that was just last week. No, no, this this was, like, a long time ago when I was a very young Christian, so. um, So I don't know where that came from. Um, Where are we up to? (laughs) Okay. So my encouragement to us as a church is that we can... um, be in a place where we can say, God, would you speak to me? And we try and just clear our mind and and try and... And usually if something drops in there that wasn't in there three seconds ago, it's quite likely that it's um, from God. And we'll hear a story. um, um, Jamie's going to tell us a cool story about one of those things where he's just got this picture in his mind and it's just like, oh my goodness, what is that? Um, And it's very cool how God used that. So... um, all right, who can prophesy? All Christians can prophesy. Listen to this. this is Paul again talking to the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 14.1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. 14.51, 14.5, 14, sorry, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. 14.39, therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues and Paul's not going to like invite us to be eager to, to step into something if it was only just for a select few. He's just saying, come on, this is for all of us. So what is the purpose of prophecy? 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And again, 14.3. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So... So prophecy is for the common good. It's for the, the good of us, strengthening, encouragement, and, and comfort. Now, I know that there is a, an element of prophecy where uh, sometimes you might feel that God is speaking something to you that is um, uh, for someone, and it's more for um, instruction or direction or correction and you just got to be a little bit careful about those kind of things, and I'd say if that's just something that God, you feel like God's speaking to you about for someone, talk to someone like your life group leader or your, or a pastor, and just say, "Hey, I feel like God's saying this. What's the best way forward to go through?" it? Especially with something like correction, um, and you'll read in the scriptures how that is uh, that happened um, regularly, where God would show people uh, things that were. Say so, hey you're doing this and it's not okay and you've got to, you've got to get, get that sorted out. So um, but obviously we need to want to do that with wisdom. All right. The value of prophecy, first Corinthians fourteen five, he who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. Fourteen twenty six. What then shall we say, brothers, when you come together? Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. So prophecy is such a cool thing, isn't it, for the edification and strengthening of the church? All right. So you might be sitting there thinking, like, okay. So how do I, how do I do this? Like I wanna, I'd love to to be able to hear from God for the benefit of others. What do I need to do, and how do I grow in that? Well, I've just got a few things here that like, I've found very helpful for me over the years, maybe helpful for you as well. So first thing is that you've got to want it. You've got to desire it. You've got to want it. You want to be able to hear more from God. First 1 Corinthians 14.1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is awesome. Prophecy is awesome because it's just, who doesn't want to be strengthened, encouraged, or comforted? And and. We often sort of think, like, wouldn't it be nice if someone did that for me? But then we can also be the person that does that for others. We've just got to come to the different things that we do in life, church, life group, work, um, sports, whatever, and just go, God, is this? Have you got something for me, for someone? That would be something to encourage them and bless them. So that's one, we desire it. Second thing, um, ask God for it. Pray that he'll give you the gift of, of revelation. Is there a scripture for that one? Or is there no scripture for that one? I remember thinking there was a scripture. There is? Oh, yeah. Somehow it disappeared off my notes. I thought there was. So this is Paul, again, praying for the church in Ephesus. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. It's a great prayer. I pray that for myself. I pray that for other people all the time. All right. Um. Number three is uh what's number three? My well, notes just uh so expect God to speak. Expect God to speak to you in your times when you're alone with Him. If you're if you're like I'd love to be someone that could bring words of encouragement from God for other people, but I don't know where to start. Well start just on your own. Just say, God, would you would you speak to me? Maybe just speak to me for me. And uh and then, but in that as well, it's like, I'm going to be going to church on Sunday. I'm going to be going to my life group tonight. Um, God, would you give me something for someone that would be something of encouragement, strengthening, comfort? Maybe it's a scripture. And sometimes people just get these pictures in their minds as they as they wait on God for this thing. They'll just like see uh, a, a picture of something. And, um, and then uh, the next thing to do is to ask God, what do I do with that? You know, do I... Should I, um, you know, should I share it or should I just be praying for them? Anyway, fourth thing to do is to, um, to grow in faith. It talks about uh, Paul again talking to the church in, in Rome this time, Roman, uh, Romans 12, 6. He says, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. And you go, what does that mean? Well, I was just um, talking with someone just this last week about like Jesus prophetically knew that uh, he was meant to raise people from the dead on occasion and like he had faith to step into the midst of a funeral procession and say stop we're going to do something a little bit different here now can you imagine doing that Like, like how unbelievably insensitive that would be if you got that wrong you know But he had faith to step into it. So all I'd say is that growing in faith with this whole thing is about, like, I've got faith for kind of here. Well, maybe just, what about just stepping out a little bit beyond that so that you can begin to grow? So that's how it would be an encouragement there with the whole thing of prophesying according to your faith. And as your accuracy in hearing from God grows, your faith will grow. And as your faith grows, you'll prophesy more, and then your faith will grow. And it's a a very cool thing. Um. Take some risks, like we may make some space, we will make some space today for um, people to, um, to hear from God. And, um, but at the end of the day, you've, you've actually got to share it. It's only a prophecy if it gets shared. So take some risks. Um, and last thing I want to just say is just to, to make a lifetime habit of, of spiritual practices, those things of like uh, prayer. And being in the Word, being in the, in the Scriptures, it gives, gives you a grid for, for, the, for the heart of God and God's ways. So um, that's a very cool thing. All right. Um, I'm going super fast, eh? I'm going to just try and wrap this up. I'm going to try and land this in about two minutes, and I've got about two pages left. So um, th- giving prophecy and receiving prophecy. Giving a prophecy, there's three, there's three parts to any kind of prophetic anything. There's the revelation, there's the interpretation, and then there's the application, okay? And sometimes we just get the revelation, but we feel like because we've got the revelation, we feel like we need to share the interpretation when we don't really know what it means or the application, which is... And, uh, but it's okay just to like work out what it is that God shared with you. And, uh, and make sure that you're just, you know, you're just passing on that. Don't pass on anything that. Don't sort of make a bunch of stuff up just because it feels like a, like an interesting thing. Like you have got to hear the story of Jamie's, He's gonna he's gonna come up in a couple of minutes. Just like he got this picture and um, and he could easily have gone like, oh, it's a weird picture. I better add a. Um, interpretation. i better add an application, but he just shared the revelation, and was, you'll, you'll hear that shortly. So that's that's helpful to know. Um, and again, with receiving prophecy, because if people are going to be giving prophetic words, then others are going to be receiving them. There's a couple of things that's super helpful. There's one is that don't have contempt for prophecy. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, Do not put out the Spirit's fire, and do not treat prophecies with contempt. Um, so when people are giving prophecy, just just realise too they may be just learning and growing and stepping out and taking risks and just have a little bit of grace and um, with that. Um, but the other thing is is that you've got to be we've got to be careful. We're in, we're told to be careful. We're told to weigh and test prophecy. First Corinthians fourteen again, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. First Thessalonians five, test everything, hold on to the good, um, and we test it by seeing if it lines up from Scripture, maybe talking to some wise Christians and getting some counsel, um, even out the Holy Spirit within us. Sometimes we'll go like, oh, that feels so right. And other times it's just like, Wah. it's just like, was well, a bit off. Um, and last thing, um, told you I was going to go fast, uh, is that with the whole thing of spiritual gifts and, and prophecy, love is the highest goal. Love is the highest goal. First Corinthians 13, if you have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Okay, so that's, it must be love. It always, it must be love. All right, Jamie, what do you reckon? Come on up and um, share the story. Grab a microphone on the way. Um, so Jamie was, we were just talking at the, uh, the men's burgers and beers thing on Friday and he just shared a cool story and I thought it'd be awesome for him to, uh, to share this today as well. Cool. And Matt, I think that's great little synopsis
1: there, covering such a wide range of topics in the whole year of prophecy. I think it's great. Um, for me, um, prophecy uh, all comes down to, you know, taking risks um, and being prepared to look like an absolute idiot, um, which I've had the experience of, definitely. I can say that. Um, so, but anyway, um, I just, like Matt said, um, share this one particular story, but I just first want to contrast it with another really quick story. Um. So, you know, because stepping out in the prophetic can sometimes be really clear and easy. You, can, you just know that you know you're hearing from God. Like, um, not so long ago, all of a sudden I was talking to this guy. who's getting a bit, you know, older in his years, not married. And all of a sudden I could just see that he's going to get married soon. And so I said, look, you're going to, you know, you're going to get married. And, you know, very soon. And two months later he got married. Um, but, you know, I'm not in the habit of doing that. I think that's pretty risky, you know, telling people when they're going to get married and, and so on. But in that moment, I just knew that I knew that, you know, he was going to get married. It's like this anointing came on me, and I just knew. Um, But this story that Matt's talking about is is a little bit different. So we were down in Oxford uh, uh, Church in Christchurch, ministering to a church there, and we were just opening up uh, for prophecy. And I had this one really sort of random picture. I saw um, this landscape in, you know, the beautiful Southland, Um, you know, big open green pastures with a mountain in the background and a cow, and then behind this cow was like this invisible girl. I could see through the cow. And I could see this like invisible girl kind of walking pacing to and behind the the cow wasn't I could see through the cow, but um, originally the cow was there, and then the girl was invisible and and but I could see through the cow as well. so yeah um, and anyway, um, so it was quite a random picture. I gave this picture and I, and um, I didn't know what it meant, so I shared it. And no one, no one put their hand up or anything, so I thought, okay, I must be hallucinating. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, at the end, this lady came up to me, and she said, I think that picture was for me, because when I was young, um, I fell asleep behind a cow, um, and my parents couldn't find me. Uh, they sent out a big search and rescue party. Uh, they have just freaked out of their brains, um, and went on for ages, so she was apparently asleep behind this cow for a long time, couldn't find her. Um, but, you know, God knew. God knew her, and he knew where she was. And so, you know, that was encouraging. So that was the first part. And then I th- said, okay, well, you know, what are you saying to this, this girl? And um, she was sharing how for, for a long time she was sort of trying to conform to this box of what she should be doing with her life. Um, you know, her parents' expectations and other people's expectations. And um, I just got this kind of more, this further download that, um, you know, she was created to be creative and to write, and so I shared this with her, and she said, "Well, that's funny because I've just been really wrestling with whether I step out into creative writing or not so um yeah, it's pretty you know just I just want to encourage you you know if when you get those random things, it can seem like you're just imagining things or whatever uh, don't discount them because sometimes they're really impactful and meaningful to that person, and it all comes back to what Matsy is talking about here, which is you know if if um." It's it's about this Father God who who wants to love and encourage his his, his sons and daughters. You know it all comes back to that. Um, so
0: yeah, there you go. So one of the the cool things about that is you can imagine any of us if we're in a place and we we're asking God for a picture and we get a picture of a cow in a field and an invisible girl. It's just like it's almost as crazy as playing keyboards for you too. Um, but but he just. The cool thing was that he said, well uh, if, that's, if that's what it is, i 'm going to take a risk and it was just so specific for this girl, and she came up and uh, that was somehow a catalyst for her just receiving just some wonderful encouragement again and, and, uh, and prayer and and that's that's really a picture of of, of what it's all about. So I just want to make some um, some space this morning, so um, I know that uh, there's a few that were at the prayer. Uh, before church this morning so um, I think Dean was saying that you guys got some some things this morning so maybe we'll get you guys to share first but could I just ask the rest of you while we're here just to be saying god is there anything that you've want to give me that is for the church and uh, and for some of you you may feel like yes but not Brave enough to share, but which would be a shame. Um, uh, but it's okay, understandable. Um, but if you'd be brave enough, we'll make some space, and you could come up and and, and share it. So, but Dean, why don't you come on up uh, first? And far away.
2: Hello. <coughs> so at the at the pre church prayer meeting, we had a, a group of us, and we just kind of went after some words of knowledge. And we wanted to concentrate on, on healing. What are the areas that God was highlighting on a body that would stick out to us? And so what we did is we kind of had this little little outline where we would uh, you know, close our eyes, concentrate on God, ask the Holy Spirit to come, and just kind of look at this outline of a body and which areas sort of highlighted, which areas glowed, and which areas kind of like was the area you thought that God was speaking to you. So a couple areas were... We felt like there was someone who had really bad sciatic pain. They kind of started in their back, went down their butt, and went down sort of the back of their legs. It it wasn't just, you know, your your run-of-the-mill sciatic pain that you get when you're older. It was, you know, severe. It was severe sciatic pain. So if that was you, we would love to pray for you to serve to the side here. There was um, another one where I felt like there was someone who had a head injury it happened a while ago, but I sort of felt like God wants to to lift that off. Not your head, you know, like like the trauma, you know, <laughs> the injury, the trauma that you went through. He wants to lift that off this morning. So if that's that's you and you feel like you know God's presence is on you this morning, like now, then we'd love to pray for you over to the side as well. So there was just a couple. Was any other guys who were there that wanted to share anything else? No. Can I just go off to a bit of a tangent? Yeah, yeah. Thomas and Caitlin, I felt—I know you're pregnant. And I know, you know, it's obvious. But I felt like, <laughs> just in case you didn't know, <laughs> um, yeah. I might just sit down now. <laughs> but I felt like this was a season of expansion, and a season of kind of growth and multiplication. And I, and I know those are all pregnancy words. But that's kind of exactly what you're going through in the spiritual realm as well. This is a season for you of tremendous growth. And I felt like God sort of planted you guys kind of like in fertile soil. Like, this is your place of growth. This is, your, this is where you're supposed to be. And not necessarily the church as such, but it is part of it. But, you know, where you are physically, this is your physical place of growth and transformation. And I felt like, Thomas, you're wearing green. I felt like, you know, God said to you this morning, when you play golf... I think it's Augusta, or is that Augusta, we are the masters. And I think we are, you, if you're the leader, if you, are, if you are in the lead or if you've won it, you wear a green jacket. You familiar with, anyone familiar with that? You wear a yeah, green jacket? I, yeah, When you're winning, when you win it. I felt like the Lord said that you have this green jacket, but you complain about it. <laughs> like it's not the right cut and it feels prickly. But I felt the Lord say that that's leadership, and he's given you this gift of leadership. And I remember you, uh, it must have been a couple, a few weeks ago now, at the, at the church camp, and you were sitting at the fire pit without a fire, and you were singing, you know, playing on your guitar, and, you know, as were others. But I was looking at you, and I was thinking, you know, there's something about Thomas. And he, he, um, he said he's in his sweet spot. So, you know, when you, you play cricket, or you play any sport, there's a sweet spot where, you know, where. Back in my days he played, you know, you hit the sweet spot and just the ball just goes for it. And I felt the Lord said he's in his sweet spot. That's the place where I feel like gifting and anointing kind of shake hands. And I feel like that's where you were at. And I think that you know God's got some incredible things for you. I think He's giving you some keys for worship that when you unlock those things, we're all gonna benefit. Yeah? Okay. Who's next? <laughs>
0: So if there are people that um, feel that God has given them something for us, why don't you just come on up and maybe um, sit on one of these chairs up here. I'm sure Jamie's probably um, itching to go as well. But uh, I know that uh, I was praying yesterday uh, again for the church here and asking God if there was anyone specifically that he wanted me to um, to bring anything um, to, and um, the person that uh, jumped out was, was Uzak, so... And uh, I know that you guys are, you know, recently married, and so, uh, and you are Kylie's sweetheart, and uh, but that was the word that I had for you: is that you've got a sweetheart. You've got a sweetheart, and and it's it can often go unseen, and you, and often there's some frustration about like, man, people just don't get me because I've got a good heart, and it just goes, you know, it, it, you can be a bit misunderstood, and it can kind of get you down a bit. But just the encouragement from God for you this morning is that you've got a, He sees your sweetheart, and whatever that you're doing as you're sowing into life in in, in God, um, you know, it's 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 bringing blessing, and it's uh, He He's He just wanted to. Give you that word of encouragement this morning. So, um, and and Hattie, just seeing you here this morning too, I just felt that again that you're someone that has uh, had to um, had to go through really really hard things, and uh, and a lot of people don't won't see that because you come with a smile, but you've gone through hard things in God. Just again, just wanted to encourage you and say you've done so well by. Um, by keeping your faith in the midst of those hard things and um and I feel too that there is um there is real blessing coming to you um uh, things that you've been praying for for a long time that that God's gonna um gonna bring answers to you that you've been hoping for and longing for that your heart's been longing for so mm. Have
1: you got anything, Jane? Uh, just in line with that, um, sciatica so pain, I, I don't know if it's the same person. Uh, it could be someone different as well, but um, same thing. I saw a lady kind of, um, maybe middle-aged, uh, short brown hair and bending over in pain. Uh, so, yeah, just I, I really believe that God wants to deal to that pain and um, set you free. Um, if that's you today, I'd love to pray. Um, also um, saw a wrist um Quite complex issues going on in, in the wrist, um, a lot of pain um, and I just saw God just aligning everything, aligning all the bones and ligaments, um, and then it being surrounded with like this white light and and being um, completely set free i 'm not sure exactly which wrist it was, but I was leaning towards the right wrist, so if that's you, um, love to pray as well and i uh, saw picture of a guy, um, and it's like, you're in a dark, uh, not right now you're in a dark place, but you've, you've, been, you've been to the mountaintops, and you've been through some dark valleys, some dark times, and the kind of the place you're in now is you feel just numb, and, uh, you know, darkness has tried to take a hold of you, um, but God would have, he would declare over to, to you today that um, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And um, today is your day of reckoning, and he wants to set you free completely. I see I see you coming into the brightness of his light again and just being completely overshadowed by his goodness and his love and um, being set free. So if that's you, I'd, I'd really love to pray for you. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not sure what your name is with the Adidas top um, here. What, what did you say? Hamish. Hamish. Yeah, awesome, Hamish. Hamish. Um, I saw, um, God was just kind of hovering over you as these guys were um, prophesying, but I saw a picture of you in a boxing ring, just smashing the heck out of this bag um, in training, and I saw that your um, your power and your speed was getting faster and stronger, and I I, I feel like to tell you that um, God's kingdom power is going to soon start exploding out of you in ways that you um, have never known before. Um, I see it happening all around you, in, in your workplace, and uh, your family, wherever you go. Um, so, yeah, there's a real sense of excitement for you at the moment in terms of the things that you're going to step into into God with. So, yeah, be encouraged, man. I'd love to pray for you.
3: Yeah, and
1: is there Anyone else?
3: Hi, my name's Judy. Um, often the Lord will speak to me in. Pictures, because I'm a bit of a picture person, but sometimes also through just words and um, often scriptures or songs that I've heard many times will just sort of almost have a highlight around them. And this morning, as we were just singing um, that line, in my father's house, there's a place for me. And it just was almost like it was highlighted, and that's the truth. Uh, In my father's house, there's a place for all of us. And I just thought the world is out there trying to tell us that we don't belong. And we do belong. We belong to the Father, and there's a place for us. And if the, if the enemy is lying to anyone out here, saying that you don't belong and that there's no place for you, that's a lie from the enemy. And the truth is, there is a place in the Father's house for you. I did, I did have
1: one other. Um, I saw a, like an elderly lady um, with a white skirt. Uh, quite colourful, red and yellow, and different sort of floral patterns, and um, I saw the ground shaking like in Haggai, you know, where, where God says, "I'll oh, once again shake the heavens and the earth," and um, it was like this full-on earthquake. But you were just kind of like dancing on it, you know, just loving, loving it completely, uh, whilst everyone else is freaking out and everything's falling and crumbling. You're in your, you're in your time, you know. Um, so for that person, I feel like you've been just walking so well with God for so long um, believing and hoping and trusting and um, you've been longing for God to break out in ways that you've, you've you haven't seen before and again I, I just feel like that your time is now and you you you're going to step into things that um, you've been dreaming of so yeah I don't know if that's you yeah
4: okay well oh. I just Sorry, I thought just um, from the previous word that was just said about that song. And as I, the last couple of Sundays that we've sung the song about who I am, I am who I am. um, And I just really felt, this is for three people here today, maybe more, um, that that song is about identity. And I feel that the Lord said, there's people here who are still struggling with what's my identity. And that doesn't really apply to me. And I felt that the Lord was saying, Actually, that does apply to you. So if you were here today and you're singing that song you're going, I don't really know what that means, um, there's a promise that God has, that he has a plan and he has a future for you as you trust in him. In Jeremiah, that's what exactly what it says, that I have a plan and I have a future for you, says the Lord, a plan to prosper you and to give you a hope in the future. And I think um, just from some of the stuff that's been said today, that maybe you are struggling with that and... Uh, a number of years ago, quite a lot of years ago now, I came up here, I was in the police and I was six months in Oriwa and uh, it was when the Lord said to me, we were living down in Albany at the time and we were about to go on to the UK and I felt the Lord say, this is uh, a place that you're going to be in the future and you're going to be involved with the church up here, and just seemed miles out of the way. But at the same time while I was up here, God really sort of spoke to me about this area and the fact that there is a lot of people who are really struggling with identity. And when Matt talked about the suicide uh, this morning in this area, uh, way back then, same issue with young people, a lot of people running away from home. And that's what it's about. It's about people who, you know, haven't seen the touch of God or they haven't been exposed to that and they're struggling with their identity. And uh, so if you are in that place today where you're sort of thinking, who am I? What am I here for? God has promises for you. So I'd love to pray for you as well. Sorry, I feel like we're hogging it up here.
2: (laughs) Um, Just as the kids come in, I felt like the word nightmare came through. So if your kids are having a nightmare, not that sort of nightmare. You know, like the kids are struggling with nightmares at nighttime. So if that's one of your children, love to pray for them. I felt like it was just like a dark thing. It's just the word nightmare. So, you know, don't hold back. Let's get some prayer. Hello. Can I do one more? Emily, I was standing next to you in the foyer, and uh, I felt like the Lord said that you have, I saw you on stage, actually. I felt like the Lord said you. there's more